Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third ever episode of The Business Lens. Uh, it's the Chambers Monthly Policy-Focused Podcast. I'm Bo Phillips, your Senior Communications Manager here at the Chamber of Commerce. And as always, uh, I'm here with Bob Porter, who is the uh, Director of Public Policy. We have a lot to cover, so let's get right to it. The Florida legislature is about halfway through its 2018 legislative session, and we seem to be on track to have a budget soon. Uh, yes, Bo, you're right. The budget, uh, the $87 billion budget, uh, is on the House and the Senate floor this week, which puts the legislature on track to finish their negotiations on a final budget and get it to the governor by the anticipated close of session on March 9th. Is there anything in there that we should be specifically uh, aware of or keyed on? This year, the House and the Senate and the governor's proposed budget are within millions of dollars apart, so the overall spending is uh, much closer this year than it was in previous years. I think the areas that you're going to see disagreement continuing on is how to divide certain pots of money among certain constituencies. One of the areas that is probably of greatest concern to the Senate is the House's insistence that uh, a majority of the money for education, for example, go to K-12 through spending for the public schools, where Senator Joe Negron, the Senate president's priorities, is to give considerably more money to the state university system. Other than that, there are very few major disagreements uh, on, on the budgetary side, and frankly, March 9th cannot come too soon for most members of the House and the Senate who are forbidden from fundraising while the legislature is in session, so the sooner they get out, the sooner they can get back to raising money for their re-election. Another issue that may affect St. Johns County is the resign-to-run piece of legislation that has been proposed this session. Uh, Senator Travis Hudson, who represents the uh, uh, majority of St. John's County in the state Senate, introduced legislation last month which would require any current office holder to resign their seat before or concurrent with when they file for a United States Senate seat or a United States House of Representatives seat. Currently, the only requirement under Florida law is for a current office holder must resign if they're running for a state seat, like governor, like county commissioner, like state representative. There are some implications for St. John's County because last week, County Commissioner Jimmy Johns announced his intention to run for the United States uh, House of Representatives seat currently held by Congressman Ron DeSantis. And in a wonderful political domino sort of way, Congressman DeSantis at the same time has announced that he is running for governor. So there could be some implications for Commissioner Johns if the Hudson legislation actually does pass and would require him to resign his county commission seat. Uh, the legislation is currently before the Florida House and Senate, and if passed and signed by the governor, it becomes effective immediately, which means we'll just have to sit back and watch and see if that legislation does go through. Well, speaking of Commissioner Johns and moving a little closer to home, I know that the county commission has some has some issues in front of it, including beach renourishment. 
Beach renourishment has become a major issue along the uh, the coastal areas of the county uh, since we were hit by two hurricanes and a week-long nor'easter over the past year or so. Beach erosion has been a tremendous source of concern for uh, property owners and homeowners, especially along the northern beaches from Volano up to uh, uh, Ponte Vedra. And the county commission is considering various options to provide beach renourishment to those areas, including a self-tax mechanism for those property owners, including now the potential that was discussed uh, earlier this week at the county commission of adding the so-called fifth cent onto the existing four cent uh, bed tax that is charged to all tourists who stay in uh, hotels in St. Johns County. The purpose of the bed tax is to provide marketing and promotion for St. John's County, but it is also allowed to be used for things like beach renourishment, which is clearly an important uh, aspect of the St. John's County uh, tourism industry. Yeah, I mean, beaches beaches anywhere, but here especially, um, along with our history, are a huge draw. Absolutely, and we certainly can't afford to let those beaches completely disappear. Uh, frankly, it's a big issue. It's a very expensive issue. It's near and dear to the hearts of the homeowners who live along the beach, but it's also an important consideration for the county that collects a tremendous amount of property taxes uh, from these homeowners and businesses up and down uh, the coast from basically, if you think about it, the Matanzas Inlet all the way to Ponte Vedra. And so there are interesting policy implications, there are financial implications, for the county. And there is also this jigsaw of trying to put together different buckets of money, whether it come from the homeowners, whether it come from the county in the form of a match, whether it come from the state of Florida as some kind of a match, and ultimately whether the uh, U.S. government can be uh, enticed into providing uh, additional funds for the beach replenishment. But uh, it looks like the uh, county commission is going to be taking up this issue within the month of adding an additional one cent onto the bed tax uh, and potentially earmarking that money as kind of a down payment for beach replenishment in St. John's County. Yeah, that's a good point, Bob. I, I want to make sure that we're made clear that it's not just a tourism issue, it's a quality of life issue. There are a lot of reasons why beach renourishment is important. Absolutely. Also, um, here locally, the city of St. Augustine, we continue to talk about panhandling, and it's an important issue here. It certainly is. It's one that has significant implications for both the people who live in St. Augustine, the businesses who operate in St. Augustine, and frankly, the tourists who come to St. Augustine expecting to spend their money, have a good time. The city, as you folks may recall, had to suspend enforcement of its existing panhandling statutes as a result of a federal court case in Tampa last year, and the city has engaged a constitutional law expert 
to revise and present to the city a new panhandling ordinance that he believes will pass the constitutional muster of free speech. Um, We're anticipating that the city commission will hold a hearing towards the end of the month at their second hearing uh, or their second meeting of uh, February to discuss this new proposed ordinance. Uh, It's my understanding that there will be public comment allowed on this particular issue. There will not be a final vote taken this month, but in fact, it will be carried over until March uh, at the the very earliest. So we encourage our business community as well as citizenry, if you have an interest in this issue that affects so many people, that you stay tuned to the issue and we will be sending out uh, more updates as the schedule for the commission uh, becomes clearer. Well, I understand, especially um, hearing from business owners downtown, that things are certainly getting better, uh, that there's been certainly for some time now a renewed focus on making sure panhandling doesn't affect our business owners as much. Can you comment a little bit about why that might be? Sure. The city uh, has not been static over the last three or four or five months since this issue has risen to the forefront. In fact, while the city was has suspended its panhandling regulations as such, there still remains on the books what is known as aggressive panhandling, which is, as you might imagine, somebody comes up for you, asks you for money, and then puts their hands on you or aggressively panhandles you. That is still an enforceable crime, and the city police are actively addressing aggressive panhandling. The other issue that uh, I think has helped in reducing the number of vagrants and panhandlers in the downtown area is that for many years, St. Augustine has had an ordinance on the books preventing overnight camping or overnight sleeping in public spaces because of the damage that was done to the St. Francis House, uh, which provides the only homeless shelter in the county during Matthew and Irma and the Nor'easters, the capacity of St. Francis House was basically cut in half. And so once those beds were filled up, the city police could no longer arrest people for overnight camping because they had to provide an alternative. Uh, As a result of a new contract with the city of St. Augustine, plus the finishing of a lot of the work uh, to repair the damage caused by the hurricanes, the St. Francis House capacity has been doubled. Therefore, the police are now able to enforce the overnight camping ban, which again has helped with the vagrants and the panhandlers who have come to the city to ply their trade. And it also seems that certainly an increased presence has allowed them to affect this issue in a, in a positive manner as well. That's very true, as a matter of fact. In addition, the city of St. Augustine has hired additional uh, police officers to patrol the downtown area, and that certainly has uh, helped with a police presence around the downtown area during the weekends and during the evenings. But our work isn't done, and I know that we are, the, the Chamber of Commerce is working with uh, the Visitors and Conventions Bureau in the city of St. Augustine on educational campaign as well. That's true because uh, a lot of uh, our educational campaign is directed at providing alternatives for the tourists who are approached by, again, the the panhandlers to give them money. And the uh, VCB and the city have created an educational campaign. We've been working with both organizations and will shortly be getting that information out to members of the chamber. And continuing on the municipal level, in the city of St. Augustine Beach, I know that there are 
issues dealing with Pier Park. Absolutely. That's been an ongoing issue for a while because, interestingly, many of you may not know that the city of St. Augustine Beach does not, in fact, own the pier that is within the city boundaries, nor does it own Pier Park or the parking lot uh, that surrounds the pier. The city of St. Augustine Beach has been in discussions with the county, who does, in fact, own those properties for the last six months or so, trying to figure out whether the city of St. Augustine Beach could be given Pier Park and the parking lot and then have ultimate control over the Wednesday Farmer's Market, which is a longstanding tradition in St. Augustine Beach. The county has gone back and forth with the city, and recently the county withdrew its offer to uh, give the city of St. Augustine Beach control of those properties and will likely be looking at potentially moving the Wednesday Farmer's Market out of the parking lot at Pier Park uh, and and is also had or also has under consideration the installation of parking meters at the uh, Pear Park parking lot. Did they give a reason for removing that proposal? The city of St. Augustine Beach has been trying to determine the true costs of maintaining Pier Park and the parking lot, but given the the budget of the city of St. Augustine Beach, it was they were having trouble coming up with the amount of money necessary to operate uh, the Pier Park and the parking lot on its own, even if they were given those properties by the county. And I think that brings us to the end of our discussion here on the Business Lens. Is there anything additional you wanted to add, Bob? The only thing I would like to throw in is people remember 2018 is an election year. It uh, is not a presidential election year, but for the state of Florida, this is a big deal. We have the governor, the cabinet, the entire state House of Representatives. We have a U.S. Senate race and a U.S. House of Representatives race. Two county commissioners are up. Three city commissioners are up. It's a lot of information to keep track of, but we as the chamber will be running, again, our Politics in St. John's series, which will focus on the candidates for all of these various offices coming up in the August primaries and then ultimately the general election in November. So stay tuned for more information, but we will be running a Politics in St. John's event as we have for many years in St. Augustine, and we will be running a politics in St. John's event in Ponte Vedra in July and August, so stay tuned. And I also want to mention that if you have strong feelings on any of these topics that we discussed, you can certainly go to the commission meetings and offer your public comment. Uh, There is public comment periods during all of the commission meetings. And chamber events also often provide the opportunity to speak to decision makers and our elected officials. For example, Friday, February 9th, St. Augustine City Commissioner Nancy Sykes-Klein was the featured presenter at the Chamber's Historic St. Augustine Area Council, and her main goal was to hear your input. So that's another way you can be heard, and we encourage you to be active. And that concludes us for this February edition of the the business the business lens in the third podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. Is it too long? Is it too short? Um, are you tired of hearing my voice? Even though today I think I'm a little more. Bob and I are playing playing injured today. We're both a little bit under the weather, as you might be able to tell from our voices. But uh, certainly not anything that's going to keep us out of the game, right? Absolutely. We will uh, be back next month with future update of the business lens. Thank.
Thanks very much. And again, please follow us in iTunes. Uh, you can find us on your on your iPhone and your iPad in the podcast app. If you're on Android, you can find us in Google Play. If you're a SoundCloud subscriber, we're on SoundCloud, and you can always find us on the website at sjcchamber.com forward slash the business lens. Thanks very much. Thank you.